Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. And if you want to hear more than just this highlight from the show, become a Coast Insider and you can listen to the complete program, plus recent episodes about toxic environmental dangers, advancements in stem cell technology, and hidden codes that may be contained inside the Bible. Head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to start listening. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Whitley Strieber, of course, author of many books, best-selling books, including Communion, Superstorm, The Supernatural. His nonfiction works, of course, have been just incredibly received. And television series and movies are based on his books as well. Welcome back, one of our favorite friends, Whitley Strieber, to Coast to Coast. Hello there, stranger. How have you been? Well, I've been pretty good. I'm, I'm very glad to be back. It's good. To, it's always good to have you. Yeah. So many things going on in this UFO field. You sometimes can't keep track of it. Yeah, there's an awful lot going on, and it, in the it, it, just in the recent months, there's been a number of things that have happened. Of course, Robert Bigelow mm-hmm. coming out on 60 Minutes and saying, frankly, that aliens are real and they're here, and he doesn't give a damn what people think about the fact that he said that. He also mentioned that he had had a close encounter himself with his wife and uh, that he knew of others who had had similar things. It's really interesting. It reminded me a little bit of Nancy and Ronald Reagan, yeah. who had a close encounter on Mulholland Drive before he was in politics on their way to a party and from... Uh, from going from, uh, I guess, from uh, Brentwood uh, in West... To Bel Air or something like or that. Or Bel Air in yeah. West Los Angeles to the Hollywood Hills, and they saw a light sitting on the roadside and had 45 minutes they couldn't account for. And I always say he went into the UFO a liberal Democrat and came out a conservative <laughs> Republican. <laughs> Probably I did. I don't know if that's true or not. I think that episode changed his life, though, didn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely did. Uh, I think that it changed both of their lives. Uh, she uh, she became very interested in astrology and the occult and things like that. And He, he always had uh, uh, an interest in the UFO thing, but I don't think during his administration he pursued it with the kind of aggressive interest that I believe that John Kennedy did or Bill Clinton did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was... Um, he, even Nixon had an interest, didn't he? Oh, Nixon had an intense interest. I, I uh, had a, a conversation with uh, Jackie Gleason's wife shortly after I published Communion, who told me that Nixon had taken Jackie Gleason, who was a good friend of his, onto an Air Force base in Florida and shown him uh, some intact craft that were... Those Homestead Air Force Base. At Homestead, was it? Yeah. And uh, that Gleason was, of course, absolutely fascinated by this, and I think that that led to a tightening of of presidential access to things like that. Of course, having been 
vice president during the Eisenhower administration when the top levels were being kept carefully apprised of all of these things. Nixon came in knowing a lot. But subsequent to that, judging from what I've understood uh, of how presidents have attempted to unlock these secrets, this is not necessarily something they're going to be told uh, in, in openly. I think that from the beginning, presidents have been able to advise the committees that work on this stuff or, or have been able to suggest appointments, but traditionally the appointments are made from within the committees uh, rather than uh, like uh, what's known as the majestic committee. They're, in other words, they choose their own people. They're not imposed on them from above. Are you convinced, Whitley, at this point, that there is indeed a cover-up going on here? Uh, well, for complicated reasons, yes and no. Uh, there is a—it's not, I don't think, as big as uh, people believe. theres I mean, there's some character out there claiming he lived on Mars for 17 years and a lot of stuff like that out there which I think is not likely to be true. In other words, that there isn't a massive U.S. or, or human presence in, in space, but something is definitely going on that is human-directed or human human involved that is in that it has to do with extraordinary technology like i have this little object in my left ear which has been there since may of 1989 and which is an attempt has been made to remove it part of it has been studied and there's no question about what it is it's an artificial object and i was not asleep when the people who put it into my body came into the room. I was still awake. And they uh, overpowered me, but I saw them as they walked into the room perfectly clearly. It was a man and a woman, not aliens. There might have been some somewhere something else behind them. I'm not, I've never been sure of that. But there were certainly the people who were directly involved with me were a human man and woman. And they possessed extraordinary technology, the ability to enter the house without tripping the alarm system, uh, the ability to press this thing into my ear, into the lobe of my, into the pina, the top part of my ear, without breaking the skin. In other words, it, it wasn't, there was no incision. Right. And the thing itself, it has taken me many years, 30 years of having it in my body to get to the point where I'm comfortable with it and I understand pretty well what it does and what uses I can make of it. And I do make a lot of use of it. That's a, I, I, my wife, Anne, 
always was against my getting it taken out. She said, it's there for a reason, and we need to find out what that reason is before we do anything like take it out. It it didn't want to be taken out anyway. No, it did not. Uh, When the attempt was made, the object moved from the fixed position in the top of my ear down into my earlobe, as I've said on this show before. But in recent years, I have found that when I'm writing, it doesn't matter if I'm writing fiction or nonfiction, it's just anything that requires research, a little window opens up in my left eye, a little slit. Yeah. And words race past in that slit. And if I just relax, they turn into ideas or research material. And I find that very useful. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm just find it extremely useful. And when I, for example, I was two years ago, I was invited to the Ozark Mountain UFO conference and I was rehearsing my talk in front of a relative who had a certain amount of this experience also. And this relative said suddenly in the middle of the rehearsal of Whitley, the top of your left ear has gotten bright red. And I realized the implant was on and it was radiating heat. And I'm so used to it, I don't notice it unless someone mentions it. And it was obviously bright red. And that was because whoever's on the other side of it was interested in what I was going to say, and that's why it was on. In other words, transmitting. When it's receiving, it, there's no there's no heat. But when it's transmitting, there is. That happened at Southwest Research early on, back in the 90s. And Dr. William Mallow, who was the head of materials science, was with me. I was actually in his office when it happened. It turned on and the ear got bright red. And so he rushed me into a signals acquisition laboratory and attempted to obtain a signal. They told me they hadn't picked anything up. So I forgot about it until about a year ago when I was in San Antonio at a library foundation event giving a lecture. And a gentleman came up to me and kind of came out of the crowd, which was considerable, and said, I just wanted to tell you that I was involved in the signals acquisition. I know you know what I'm talking about, or words to that effect. And there was a signal found that we are still studying to this day. How about that? And... That, and then he turned around and walked out. Whether he was telling me the truth or was just a member of the public having a rag on me or not, I don't know and I can't know. But I just say that because it happened to me. That was what was said. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.